Today on This Guy's Sick, I have a very special little mini episode about the story of Cloud Strife and Zach Fair. And I just want to answer a couple of questions about the two because some fans seem to be very, very confused. I'm seeing a lot on Twitter and I'm seeing a lot on Facebook and on Instagram and social media basically asking questions that the game does tell you. Uh, it just tells you in a way that is... Uh, let's put it this way it's more mysterious the game tries to be mysterious it, it tells its story in a mysterious way it leaves a lot to the imagination because a true story will not answer everything for you if you want every single answer to everything you are asking for something to be complete and I think that all stories never fully complete everything and if you were to look at the works of Stephen King if you were to look at a book like It, for example, you still don't know everything. You don't even know uh, where It comes from, so to speak. You understand the deadlights. You understand that there is a multiverse. You understand that there is a turtle that represents good. And you know that It has been on the planet for millennia. Like, But you don't fully know everything about it. You don't know what It's done before. You don't know what the deadlights, aka Pennywise, aka It, has done before you don't know how many worlds they've conquered how like so it leaves a lot to the imagination and final fantasy 7 definitely does that but there are a lot of fans who unfortunately are very confused about who cloud is and unfortunately with the remake coming out it hasn't really changed that and people like to jump in one camp or the other they get tribal zach v's cloud who's the true hero Who's the, who's the one who, who really loves Aerith and who she should be with? And because of that, I just wanted to answer it, you know, and just actually go over what the game does tell you and what we do see in the game. Now, I'm not someone who's going to come out with like hundreds of quotes from the game because I think that it's not necessary to really quote Cloud word for word what he says. Uh, and for the sake of time, it would take a long time to go through the script and actually read those out. And I'd rather just tell you what he said rather than read what he said to you so the first thing i want to do is talk about uh cloud's attitude at the beginning of final fantasy 7 now when you first meet cloud and you are doing the original bombing mission with barrett he is standoffish he's cocky this is something that they portray both in the original and in the remake he, he's almost like, not a Mary Sue, but he's almost like someone who, like, hey, I've got it handled, and I'm better than this, and I can kick ass, and this is just who I am, right? That's how he comes across. As he goes on, this portrayal of Cloud that we see um, is still very cocksure, um, very much into himself, and quite introverted at the same time. So a lot of people wonder if he was pretending to be Zack at this moment, well, the answer to that is no. Zack, from a character standpoint, doesn't behave the way that Cloud behaved at the beginning of Seven. He, he's, in fact, would never have behaved like that. Cloud is, um, at that moment, not a prick, but prickish. Whereas Zack is the Goku of Final Fantasy Seven. You know, he is that... Typical shonen hero who always wants to do what is right. He is a character who has a very strong sense of personal justice and personal dreams 
and wanting to be better and do better, wanting to uh, save the day and be the hero. Like I said, like Goku from Dragon Ball, Zack is that stand-in, take on all comers, fight everything, I can do what's right, and one day I am going to save everyone. And that's very much how Zack sees things and how Zack is. And if you play Crisis Core, he takes every moment like that. He's not really doing it for himself. He's always doing stuff for uh, this like belief in justice or this belief in a dream or his belief in what a future will be. It's very rare that you see Zack wanting to do things um, for his own personal gain. Whereas Cloud, at the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, is just doing it for the money. This is something you would never have had Zack doing it for the money. You would have had Zack... Uh, doing it and believing wholeheartedly very quickly that this was the right thing to do and that there was something to save and something to gain from this and a way of helping others and this is how he would have viewed it was cloud was doing it and wanted to move on to the next one so that's a very key difference here because cloud at the beginning and that mercenary style is not something he could have ever stolen from zach it's not something he could have mimicked from zach this is definitely part of who cloud is now, one thing that could be said here is that Cloud grew up idolizing Sephiroth. And in fact, what we know of Sephiroth before uh, going mad is very little. You've got a little bit in Crisis Core, but I don't know if that's the right portrayal of the character. Even now, with the way the remake portrays Sephiroth, those two things don't really line up. So I want to dis discredit and uh, remove the crisis got element for Sephiroth uh, while explaining this bit. But Cloud idolized Sephiroth as a hero when the reality is he probably committed war crimes and brutalized and murdered people. So when Cloud is trying to be this mercenary cool ex-soldier guy, there's more of a chance that he's mimicking what he thought Sephiroth was like rather than mimicking Zack. Now, I wouldn't say that Sephiroth would be in it for the money uh, or anything like that, but Cloud's idea of Sephiroth is probably more intriguing to his character than anything he got from Zack. So a lot of people would be wondering, well, what did Cloud get from Zack? And again, the reality of it is he got nothing from Zack other than basically stealing a little bit of his life. So it could sound convoluted, it could sound weird, and it's like, well, you said he wasn't mimicking him, but yet he is mimicking him. But as far as we can tell, the only thing Cloud took from Zack is becoming a soldier first class and the Nibelheim incident. In fact, anything other than that, we Cloud does not take from Zack. He doesn't take from Zack at all. And when you look at the Nibelheim story, and the Nibelheim incident, the only reason Cloud is able to recite everything that Zack did as himself is because Cloud was actually there. Cloud witnessed it. He hadn't stolen memories or received memories from Zack via some sort of experiment. He could only use that because he was there, because he saw it with his own eyes. So I'm just going to talk about the Nibelheim story a little bit. So when Cloud recites his uh, story and tells everyone what happened with Sephiroth five years ago in Nibelheim, uh, he tells the story that Cloud, first class soldier, Sephiroth, 
first-class soldier and a bunch of Shinra grunts go to Nibelheim to stop a uh, monster spree. The reactor is creating monsters and they're there to shut it down and stop this. When they get there, they do exactly that. But in doing so, they did find that the reactor is actually creating the monsters. And this is part of Hojo's work. And this is part of like what Hojo is doing. And neither of them knew this at the time. When this happens, Sephiroth loses his mind and learns that he himself was created in a similar fashion to these monsters. When this happens, Sephiroth attacks the town, murders everyone in it, burns it to the ground, and Cloud chases after him, finds him attacking Tifa, finds him in the reactor, and kills him in a standoff. This is the story that Cloud tells. The reality of the story is that Zack was the first-class soldier who went with Sephiroth, and that one of the Shinra grunts, one of the guys in blue, was actually Cloud, who never made it to soldier. Everything in Cloud's story is true up until the killing Sephiroth part. When Zack goes to stand off with Sephiroth, Sephiroth does him with ease. He annihilates Zack and almost kills Zack in that moment. And Zack says to Cloud, you have to stop him. So Cloud, in his uniform with a zero fucking power level, picks up the Buster Sword and goes after Sephiroth. And loses, originally. Sephiroth runs him through with the blade because Cloud is no match for Sephiroth. However, one thing Cloud has is his sheer will and determination. This is something that is very, very strong in Cloud. His will and his willpower is is off the charts in compared to anyone else. In fact, it is what gets him through everything. He just won't die. He will not quit. He will not give up. No matter how much of a loser he is, he will not give up. He will not just take it. He can do it, right? And this is a big part of his story. While he is run through by Sephiroth, Cloud pulls himself along the sword and pushes Sephiroth into the life stream, well, into the reactor and into the exposed Mako, thus killing Sephiroth. So that's the true story versus the, the, the story Cloud tells. So with this realization that when Cloud does recite the story, he just replaces himself with Zack in the story rather than telling the truth. He has not taken any of Zack's memories. He can only recite the stuff that Cloud uh, saw and that Zack said in front of Cloud. He cannot recite stuff that isn't there. There's also a scene in this moment where he goes to visit his mother, which happened. But this would have been Grunt Cloud in uniform visiting his mother, not Cloud in a soldier uniform visiting his mother. So there's that. There's, there's, and a lot of fans get confused here. So because this moment, the Nibelheim story and the Nibelheim incident is so big in Cloud's arc, it's now time to explain what happens next. After both being brutally wounded by Sephiroth and Tifa as well, what happens next? Well, Tifa's trainer, uh, martial arts trainer, saves her and takes her away from the area. That's been burnt to the ground. Hojo, however, sees that Cloud defeated Sephiroth, his greatest creation, and that Zack was a soldier and decides to experiment on them both. This experiment is 
uh, not explained fully. You never quite fully know exactly what is done to them, but a lot is done to them. And it imp involves Genova cells, parts of Sephiroth's DNA, um, some sort of genetic, you know, fuckery goes on in this moment. So because Zack was an ex-soldier, he survives the treatment unharmed. He survives what Hojo does to him without any implications because as a soldier, he's tough as nails. Cloud, on the other hand, is not so lucky because Cloud is just a normal human being and does not have any of the soldier training or the Mako infusion that soldiers go into. Cloud becomes a shell of himself, uh, a literal shell of himself, a vegetable he cannot speak, he cannot move properly, he cannot stand, um, he cannot have a full conscious thought, he doesn't understand what's going on around him, he is pushed into a, you know, like a disabled state, uh, he, he becomes handicapped at this moment due to the poisoning that the treatment put him through and is unable to do anything. So when they escape, Zack takes Cloud with him and he wants to get Cloud help. Like he feels guilty in a way for what happened to Cloud. Because again, we're talking about the Goku-esque Shonen character would definitely feel guilt for this person. Would definitely feel like I have to help them and bring them along. And this is where he starts going, you know, come on, buddy, we'll help you out. And this brings us to the tragic end of Zack Fair, because they are hunted down and they are killed. They leave Cloud because they see the state he's in and go, oh, he's dead anyway. Why bother shooting him and leave him? And they kill Zack. There is something that happens in this moment and they don't, again, this is another thing that isn't quite explained. And the reason for it not being fully explained as to why Cloud wakes up when Zack is killed is because it's all about subtext and it's all about emotion and it's all about making us, the player, the viewer, feel something. But at that moment that Zack dies, the person who has now been looking after Cloud for months, they've been on the run and Zack has been carrying around Cloud, the vegetable Cloud. He's been carrying him around. And in this moment of pure shock, pure heartbreak that the only window to the real world that Cloud has had from the shell that he's been living in has died in front of him, wakes him up from his semi-comatosed subconscious state. And Cloud wakes up in a world with all of the memories of what happened to him, basically destroying him, eating him alive, um, and tearing his mind apart because he's still he's still dealing with the injuries to his mind and the, in the the way in which his body has changed due to the whatever the hell experiment Hojo did to him. So Cloud then finds his way to Midgar, and when he gets there again, he collapses back in this vegetable-like state. And it's not until he sees Tifa, a link to his true past, that he wakes back up and then becomes the prickish cloud that I mentioned earlier. But nothing about this part uh, has anything really to do with Cloud being Zack, Cloud getting powers from Zack, Cloud getting the soldier training that Zack went through. That's not what happened in that tube. Some people think that 
they did, that they were cloning, that they used Zack to make Cloud better or whatever. No, Hojo saw Cloud as this failed experiment in that tub that wasn't working. The only reason Hojo took any liking to Cloud in any way to do something is because Cloud killed Sephiroth and not the soldier. So what is it about Cloud that made him so special? Nothing physically, because it was his will, his will to survive, his will to be strong, his will to get Sephiroth out of the way is what brought him to the dance rather than any physical measurable attribute. So when it comes to talking about the power levels between the two of them, because people sitting there going, oh, well, Zack uh, is stronger than Cloud because he's a soldier. Again, that's not the case. Cloud's strength, as I said, comes from a different place to Zack's. And Cloud is able to finish what Zack couldn't. This is both before Zack's death and after Zack's death. Zack could never defeat Sephiroth and was basically battered by Sephiroth in attempting to do so. Cloud, by short, sheer luck, will and determination, was able to beat Sephiroth. After Zack died, everything that then happened next um, with Sephiroth and with the planet, Cloud does on his own. Yes, he has friends, he has a teammates, he has, he has a party with him, but essentially he does it on his own. And there's no one uh, alive who could say that Cloud isn't the most powerful member of the Final Fantasy VII uh, party, discounting what happens with Vincent and how they explain that later on. Cloud is the strongest of the party. So now we move on from there to, you know, we now understand, I'm hoping you're following this with me and listening to what I'm saying, that Cloud didn't think he was Zack. Cloud doesn't try to mimic Zack. Cloud hasn't taken any powers and abilities from Zack. And he also isn't uh, even on the same level as, as Zack. He's actually surpassed Zack's power level in a way by the time we get to the end of the game. Even things down to the limit breaks that Cloud does, these are not things that were intended for Zack. These are his own. Uh, everything in it is his own. So while he does take a part of um, the story from Zack, the Nibelheim story, he doesn't then become Zack all of a sudden. He just lied about himself. And this is a very apparent between the way Aerith feels about Cloud and how Aerith feels about Zack. So we'll start with Zack. In the original Final Fantasy VII, Aerith hints that he was a ladies' man, that he had a woman in every town, that he kind of drunk and was not very nice and was just kind of a bit of like, hey, I'm a soldier, and like, which is very different to the shonen-style Zack that we see in Crisis Core. But in the original Seven, that is how he is portrayed. He's also not portrayed as her first love. He's portrayed as a boyfriend love interest that she had, but it never got too serious. In Crisis Core, it's very serious. She is deeply in love with him and he cares deeply for her. So the contradictions between the two are huge at this point and continue to be throughout the entire compilation. And I think a big part of this confusion within the comp is why we ended up getting a remake because there are so many continuity issues throughout the the compilation of final fantasy 7 that do not fit the original game that i'm sure given a chance square enix want to tidy up i think we will get shonen zack and i don't think but i don't think we're going to get that him and Aerith were dating for a long time that they were incredibly close 
I think we'll get it that they had a very brief romantic encounter and that she always wondered what happened to him and where he went rather than her wondering, you know, will my lover come back and mourning him? I don't think we're going to get that. Whereas with Cloud and Aerith, there is very much a attraction from both of them to each other when they first meet. And again, just to mention about how Cloud isn't Zack and hasn't taken Zack's memories. He would have recognized Aerith if he had taken any of Zack's memories. He would have recognized her. He would have been, uh, he would have known who she is. He would have been able to say to her, hey, and she would have been like, no, you're not Zack. Zach. You know, none of that happens. And later in the game, uh, she admits that the way she feels about Cloud is very different to how she felt about Zack. That Zack was just a fling, but she deeply started to love Cloud before she died. This is something that is in the original game, word for word. And to quote something from one of the novels, uh, which is The Maiden Who Travels the Planet, which is the official Aerith story uh, about when she dies and travels the live stream, and she has to make choices of uh, like what will she leave behind and what parts of herself will she let go. Zack is one of the things in her past that she's willing to let go. She deeply cared for him, uh, and she see, sees this part of her past, um, and... She says that she liked him and she liked him a hell of a lot at the time of knowing him. However, she loved Cloud. She was in love with Cloud. She had a deep love for Cloud. So for those who have read that, like I haven't, I've actually had to research this and look this up. Um, in that story, she it, it confirms that she was in love with Cloud and that she liked Zack a lot, but was never fully in love with him. And I feel like that has to be brought up again to show you the differences between the two. And if you've played the remake, and I'll do a little spoiler warning here. In the remake, there is a dream scene. Uh, it's actually my favorite part of the remake. Like legitimately, it gave me as a, a player of the original, as a fan of the game for 23 years, as someone who has never, ever not had Final Fantasy VII as part of my life as something that I think about on a weekly basis for 23 years. It's, all, it's, it's always been there. As nerdy as that sounds, as geeky as it sounds, I'm being honest, right? That line where she tells Cloud not to fall in love with her, do not fall in love with me, you cannot, and he says, do I have a choice in that? That point gave me chills. And again, it's, it's a tie-in to this bit. It's a tie-in to how she really feels about Cloud. And it's a bit of foreshadowing to her eventual demise. So we have all of this stuff now all put in together that Cloud and Zack are two very different people. Even the Crisis Core fanatics will agree that they are not the same and that Cloud is not trying to mimic Zack because there's nothing about Cloud's personality that resembles Zack. And I'm not the only person who, who likes to point this out. A uh, friend of the show was on last week, uh, Ryan, the Night Sky Prince. He is also another person who's in the same position as me, where it's like seeing a lot of people online getting this very, very confused and not fully understanding what's going on 
between Zach and Cloud. Like a lot of people don't. And, and he's been pointing it out every single day. So I applaud him for doing the same and kind of trying to tell people, hey, come on, you're missing a point here. But there is actually nothing that, that between the two of them that is even remotely similar. And this can be said for Cloud's true personality. So once we get to the Medill scene and we find out the true story of what happened at Nibelheim and Cloud wakes up from that moment, he then becomes the Cloud he really is. So there is a facade. There is a moment where Cloud is trying to be something he's not. And this is the Cloud we see at the very beginning of Seven. That's still not him trying to be Zack. He was just trying to be this brash, cool guy, right? And that's not who he really is. And when you go through uh, his subconscious in the live stream with Tifa and you fix all these past elements of Cloud that have kind of broken him to a point that he is pretending to be this brash, cool character, this brash ex-soldier mercenary tough guy when you go through his mind and he comes out the other end of it you realize that cloud is quite vulnerable and a bit of a a bit of a nerd right you know let's mosey come on i mean how nerdy can you get so you get to see later in the game the real cloud and again the real cloud is nothing like the way zach thinks the real cloud is actually really like second guessing himself. There's some nervousness there. He, he He's not quite sure he can pull this off. He's not quite sure like he's got so deep in this Sephiroth shit now that he doesn't know if he can even beat him. I mean, he doubts it. He gives everyone a buyout on his team. He's like, listen, if you you've got loved ones, if you go I and don't come back, I, I won't hold it against you because this is shit is wild right so that's where we end up with him so you have all these moments there and just to clarify the main one the biggest one is cloud speech that he gives after being in the live stream after having mako poisoning after tifa goes into his subconscious when everyone is on the high wind and they ask him what went on and how he came to this point he admits that he lied and the reason he lied wasn't because he was confused about who he is wasn't because he was changed by an experiment it's not because he is a clone of Sephiroth it's not because he absorbed Zack's memories he says straight up that he lied he lied because he never felt good enough as himself he felt like a failure he felt like he was not good enough and he felt like someone like Zack was. Someone like Zack was not all the things that I'm not. Someone like Sephiroth is not all the things that I'm not. The tough, mercenary, cocky prick who can take on anyone is not the failure that Cloud felt like he was. And in doing so, Cloud gets a lot more strength. Cloud gets, I mean, he gets so strong from that. He gets such a big uh boost in who he is that he is actually able to complete his mission by accepting his own faults and that's really where this story between cloud and zach ends the unfortunate thing and the bit that is truly heartbreaking about the story is that Aerith never lives to know the truth about what happened she never gets to hear 
how Zack's life ended. She never gets to hear that Cloud thought he was Zack. She never gets any closure on that. Whether you believe the way Crisis Core is and how she felt about him in that, or the way she felt about him in Seven. Either way, she did deserve some closure in that. And this is closure she never gets. And it's unfortunate that she didn't. You also have a scene where you can go and see the death in the original Seven when you go back after the Middell incident, after knowing uh, what happened in Cloud's subconscious. If you go back to the Shinra mansion and go to Hojo's lab at the bottom, you will see these last moments of Cloud and Zack travelling on the back of the car, the back of the wagon, and wanting to become mercenaries together and how Zack was going to look after this poorly beaten up vegetable cloud. So it's these scenes show you that, but a lot of people miss that. And I don't know if it's because people wanted to miss that or if people like the idea of Shonen hero Zack. And some people see that as an insult, but look how popular Shonen is. Like those anime and manga that come from Shonen Jump and come through that company and are put out there are hugely popular. Of course, people are going to be drawn to Zack because they're drawn to Goku. Listen, I love Goku. I actually think Dragon Ball is great. It's something, again, like Final Fantasy that's been a part of my life since I was a child and will always be a part of my life. But when it comes to Final Fantasy, it makes Zack... Uh, his point of view very basic in comparison to someone like Cloud because Cloud has such a different way about him and he's a Final Fantasy protagonist who actually has doubt and actually has uh, fears and you know never felt right with himself and to me as a person I can kind of understand someone who didn't feel good enough so they lied about themselves I can understand that that's a very easy very human trait a very a thing that a lot of people do all the time and if you look at social media and the way that people like to portray their life on so, social media that one time they went base jumping 10 years ago you know they keep on their profile and they want to keep reminding everyone that they did it you know that sort of thing oh, i am a cool guy I, I i jumped out a helicopter once you know like that is basically cloud Cloud is that. The cloud we meet at the beginning of the game is someone trying to be something he's not, only to realise in the end that who he really is, is actually good enough. So that's my main thought about, you know, the differences between Cloud and Zack and what really happened between the two of them and why they aren't as connected as people like to make out that they are, you know, that people want them to be or that people want to think that Zack's better than Cloud or Cloud is somehow inferior. The reality is that Cloud is actually superior by far to Zack in many ways. And the fact that he is the hero that saves the story and saves the day is another proof that he does what Zack couldn't do. That's what Zack's setup is there for. He's there to set up the fact that he failed. That he was like this warrior of light style character who couldn't get the job done. And it took an introverted nerdy dude who had to overcome his own inability to save the day. And I think that makes Cloud's story that much more special in comparison to... Just in, in comparison to anything that we see in Crisis Core from Zack. So now I've got a couple of questions to answer from listeners. 
And the first comes from Darian Millen, who asks a very strange question. Um, and I'll, I'll get into it, actually, because uh, what he's asked is, again, something I'm seeing all over the Internet. And it's something we spoke about briefly last well, not briefly, something we spoke about last week with the Night Sky Prince. And that is, what would I like Square Enix to do with Zack now that Zack, spoiler alert, isn't dead? Um, I believe he is dead. I don't think we will see him in the mainline Final Fantasy VII R canon. I don't think we will see him as part of that world. I think that what we saw is a flash to a world where Zack now exists, which is not the world we are in. And the reason I think that is, do you remember in Lost, the TV show, you would get flashbacks? And then you got flash sideways, and then you got flash forwards. So, what I think we are seeing in Final Fantasy VII R throughout the game, when you get glimpses of bits that are from the original seven, so you get glimpses of Aerith's death, you get these these little hints of things that happen throughout the game or throughout the original game. We are seeing the flash sideways. So in Lost, they have it where like people are a couple in this world where they never crashed on the plane and never went to the island. And you get these like little bits of who they would have been if none of this stuff would have happened. What I think we get at the end with Zack, in all honesty, is that. So when they defy the destiny, the destiny that brought them all together in the original seven, and they changed the story and they changed fate in 7r what i think it does is delete the continuity of the compilation and delete the continuity of the original seven of advent children of dirge of cerberus of crisis core of on the way to the smile of before crisis of last mission or whatever it's called the the uh the little anime i think it deletes all that and what now happens in that world, in that timeline, in that continuity, is that Zack lived with Vegetable Cloud, and that's it. I don't think this has any basis on the story we are about to see next. So what would I like them to do with Zack is either nothing at all, because I don't believe he lived, or... I wouldn't mind seeing some sort of DLC of what would have happened if Zack went to Midgar at the beginning of Final Fantasy VII instead of Cloud. Like, would he have joined Avalanche? Would he have just gone straight to Aerith? Would he have got mixed up in some shit? Would he have been brought back into Shinra? Would they have hunted him down and continued to hunt him through the slum, through the streets and slums of Midgar? Would, is, is this what would have happened with him? So I wouldn't mind a DLC doing that as long as it stays away from the main timeline and the main continuity of 7R. So that's what I think of that part. And thanks for your question, Darian. I also have a question here from Roberto. I'll probably ruin that. He's probably really upset about that one. Uh, who asks, who do I prefer, Cloud or Zack? Cloud. Uh, by far, Cloud is an interesting character uh, with a lot of depth. And Zack kind of isn't. Zack is very cut and dry. Uh, he's very vanilla, you know. He's not anything particularly special about him as a hero or as 
uh, a character with the kind of moral standing he has. He's very cookie-cutter shonen hero. So I prefer Cloud, um, and I can kind of identify with Cloud in a lot of ways. There's parts of things that Cloud does and says where I'm like, you know, like that, that reached me on like a deeper level uh, that just doesn't happen with, with, with Zach at all. I also have a question from Tiffany, who asks if, um, how can I word this? If Zach and Cloud are romantically into each other, um, and will they, uh, and not not as it are they, uh, it's actually phrased that they, they are, uh, Tiffany believes that they are. Um, what I would say to that, Tiffany, is um, stop reading Tumblr posts about, Zach and Cloud, um, put the hentai down and and back away from the computer slowly, and maybe pick up a Bible and read some some Christianity and and some values uh, there. I mean that's that's what I would say to that question. I think I think you need to to relax a little bit and and pick up some hard earned values from the Book of Mormon uh, because I know you are from. Utah so I I know that there are plenty of them around and they could probably help you out with the the strange way that you are feeling about Zach and Cloud I mean personally I I don't go searching Tumblr posts to see pictures of them kissing because I don't think they would I I don't think they would be that into each other Uh, certainly not when Aerith is in the way unless you're suggesting some sort of triad um, in which case there is a possibility of that. And final question from Cameron, who asks, and again, his his question is fucking huge, so I'm going to shorten it. He asks if I like the history of the Buster Sword and the stuff with Genesis and Angeal um, and all that Crisis Core nonsense. And again, the answer is no, I do not like any of it. Uh, I think that the idea of Genesis existing takes away from Sephiroth uh, and takes away from his power and his ability and who he is and his overall story. And I just don't think it's necessary. I don't mind so much the the Buster Sword belonging to Angeal and it's a sword he never wants to use because it's too good to use. Uh, I like I like that a little bit, and I don't mind Angel actually as as the mentor of Zack in another side timeline. I just don't really like the way it was done in Crisis Core because Crisis Core's story of Crisis Core really really messes with the original seven and the original seven is so much better than Crisis Core from a story standpoint, from the way characters are standpoint that. Crisis Core, as much as I, I enjoyed it at the time, it didn't do for me what the original Seven did. So thank you for the question, but I'm going to say no, I'm not into it that much. And maybe I'll do a little episode about Genesis and Jill and Sephiroth and why I think it sucks. So that's it for the questions. And again, I hope uh, you, you enjoyed this one. Uh, I'm trying to get my mic situation sorted. Uh, I think it's a lot better today. 
and I'm hoping that it continues to be a bit better. Uh, I do apologize for my mic during the Night Sky Prince episode. I actually had like a malfunction as the episode was about to start and I had to make do with like a tiny little headset uh, which was not good enough for what I wanted. Uh, so I do apologize for that and I hope this sounds a lot better because uh, I actually have a studio. So I have a studio set up um, which we used for all our live podcasts where four of us would sit in a room. We'd all crack open a beer. We'd all crack open a cider. Uh, we'd do some shots and we'd talk about video games and talk about movies and record it. So that whole setup is just sat here kind of not being used at the moment due to the lockdown. So it was it was it's nice to try and fiddle with it and see how i can use it rather than use it uh, for live recording use it for digital recording via you know the internet so i'm starting to move into using it a bit more and getting getting that up there so bear with me on that one so th- again thank you very much for listening i know a lot of new people listened after the episode with night sky prince and i thank you for that because i've got a decent listen account um but i wasn't expecting that many extra people to tune in to that episode so thank you for bearing with me thank you for listening and again this has been great uh what we're doing this guy's sick and the stuff i'm doing with square posting it's been life-changing actually over the past year um if you're listening to this you're listening on our new um our new channel, I guess is the way to say it. We did have 40-odd episodes recorded in 2019 uh, we, before the studio was set up. And I will begin to upload those episodes to this channel uh, so everyone can hear it here and so that you can um, find out some of the stuff we've previously spoken about. Uh, the reason it's not on here already is because we literally had to do, when I got the studio, I wanted to do a kind of a restart and a reset and um, a retcon, if you will, of what had been previously done. Hopefully when lockdown's over, we will all be back in the studio together and we can do the big long form, uh, four hour deep dive, drunken deep dives into subjects uh, and make you all laugh and, and have a good time. So hopefully we get a lot of that going on. And again, thank you all for your support. You know, I'm almost at 7,000 followers now. Uh, I have a goal of hitting the lucky seven, which I really want to hit so I can just screenshot it. But I am thinking that because of, um, you know, other moments, I'm trying to think of other goals, you know, maybe all the nines would be another one. But that's my main goal at the moment. Uh, Please, please follow us on all of our social media at underscore this guy are sick. Please if you really like the show and you just want to help us out a little bit and help me out, uh, I'm at patreon.com forward slash this guy sick and ko-fi.com forward slash this guy sick. That's ko-fi.com forward slash this guy sick. They're different. Patreon's the subscribe. Everyone knows what Patreon is. Why am I explaining Patreon to everyone who already knows what Patreon is? Uh, Ko-Fi on the other hand is like a tip service. It's like, hey, I really enjoyed that episode. Have a dollar. You know, that's kind of how that works. So I'm on both uh, and I would appreciate any help you can give for that because I like doing this. I want to do more of it. I'd like to do this every day, you know, if I could. Um, You know, I've got YouTube coming down the line with some animation work going into it. Like loads and loads of projects that I've got in the pipeline that I want to get 
built up and get there so if you if you want to help out that would be fantastic uh you know and if you don't i don't mind as long as you keep listening following and interacting um that's the main part for me just all the interactions so again thank you for listening i'm sam valentine this has been this guy sick we'll be back in a couple of days with another episode thank you for listening